Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of Acts. Well, hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. I hope you all had a very fantastic Christmas. I hope you were able to enjoy a couple days off with your family. And I hope you also were able to get some nice gifts or give some nice gifts to your family members as well. So I had a really good Christmas personally. It was very nice to spend a couple days with my husband. He had a couple days off after Christmas. And so I took off from the podcast as well. So that was very, very nice to just have some downtime with him, especially since the Christmas rush was really rushful this year. <laughs> it There was just a lot going on this Christmas. And this was my first year hosting my husband's side of the family. And I loved it. It was a lot of work, but I loved it. So tell me what you did for your Christmas. Tell me if you hosted dinner. Tell me if you went away for Christmas. However you celebrated, let me know by contacting me. So today we're going to be reading Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 40, and we're going to be finishing up this chapter of Acts. And since we haven't done the book of Acts in about a week, I am going to refresh you guys as to what is going on here. So where we left off last time, Paul and Silas went on their second missionary journey, and they met Timothy, and they also met this woman named Lydia. And then they ended up meeting this girl, this servant girl, a slave girl, rather, who was possessed by a demon. But this demon was able to give her some insight into the future. So because of this, her masters were able to gain a lot of money through this servant girl's fortune telling through this demon. So this young girl was following Paul and Silas around and saying some things about them. And so finally, Paul was very, very tired of it and was very annoyed. And he ended up casting the demon out of the girl. But when her masters found out that the demon was gone and she couldn't tell fortunes anymore, they were actually extremely angry. So they grab Paul and Silas specifically because Paul and Silas looked very much like Jews as compared to Timothy and Luke. So they grab Paul and Silas and bring them before the court system. And Paul and Silas got beaten very badly and then thrown into prison. And so that's where we leave off today. We're going to see what happens in prison. So let's read Acts chapter 16 out of the W.E.B. or whatever version you prefer this morning. Don't forget to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea to enjoy along with the reading of God's word. But at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were loosed. The jailer, being roused out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Don't harm yourself, for we are all here. He called for the lights, sprang in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. He took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was immediately baptized, he and all of his household. 
He brought them up into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly with all his household having believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent sergeants saying, let those men go. The jailer reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, come out and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly without a trial. Men who are Romans and have cast us into prison. Do they now release us secretly? No, most certainly. But let them come themselves and bring us out. The sergeants reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans, and they came and begged them. When they brought them out, they asked for them to depart the city. They went out of the prison and entered into Lydia's house. When they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and then departed. Personally, I think this is one of the most powerful stories in the entire book of Acts. This one and also the one of Paul a few chapters earlier getting stoned and then walking right back into the city that stoned him. That's a powerful passage. And then this is a very, very powerful passage because it shows how simple it is to receive Jesus. So personally, I think that this portion of scripture is one of the most powerful portions in all of Acts. This portion and then also the portion a couple chapters back where Paul was actually stoned, possibly to death, but then he got up and like went back into the city that just stoned him like minutes earlier. I think that's also a very powerful uh, story out of Acts. But this story here, what we read today is also very, very powerful because it shows how simple it is to receive Jesus as your savior. So it says here that at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And, you know, this to me is just amazing because it shows the level of peace and joy that Paul and Silas had, even after being beaten senseless and being thrown into prison. And then they're hands and feet being put into these stocks, you know, and these stocks were not comfortable. They weren't meant to be comfortable. So their limbs were probably contorted in these stocks and their backs were certainly aching and bruised and beaten and bloody. And yet they're singing hymns and praising God at midnight. And the rest of the prisoners are in prison, listening to Paul and Silas, like silently listening to what's going on. Who are these two guys that are singing hymns and worshiping God after what they just went through? And the way it's written, you can kind of see that the prisoners' hearts were being opened by this, if that makes sense. They were being stirred by what Paul and Silas were currently doing. And so as Paul and Silas are praising God, even through the pain and the suffering that they are currently experiencing, This earthquake happens, and this is a supernatural earthquake from God because of the fact that all the doors were opened and also the stocks and the chains flew off of everybody's hands and feet. Okay, so this was a very, very shocking experience, and it certainly came from God himself. So the prisoners all of them were suddenly freed from their chains, but they stayed in prison. And I don't know if it was because of the direction of Paul and Silas to have the prisoners stay, but everybody stayed in prison. And so it says that the guard woke up. Okay. And that's very important to note. The guard fell asleep 
And that would have been a huge no-no at this time. You don't fall asleep on the job because if a prisoner escaped, the guard could be killed. So the guard needed to stay awake at all times. And if they found out you were sleeping, I'm pretty sure there was some serious consequences for that as well. So he was woken up out of this sleep and he sees all of the doors wide open, you know, and he is terrified because he's like, oh, my gosh, every one of my prisoners is gone because that is what you would think in that circumstance. You would think that everybody escaped. So he takes his sword out of its sheath and he's about to commit seppuku, meaning he's about to kill himself with his sword. But Paul and Silas scream out. They're like, don't hurt yourself. We are all here. And so the guard, you know, hears that his prisoners are still there. He's probably shocked, probably terrified also. And the reason he went to kill himself was because he knew that he was going to be killed if his prisoners escaped. And so he was probably thinking in his mind, it would be easier for me right now to kill myself than go through the dishonor and torture of what is about to happen to me from the government. So in his mind, he's thinking all of this, I'm sure. And yet now, all of a sudden, he realizes that Paul and Silas and the prisoners are still in the prison. So it says here that the guard called for lights because clearly it was very dark in this prison. Don't forget it was about midnight. So he calls for lights and he sprang in to Paul and Silas's cell and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. So that is what is going on inside this man, inside this hardened guard. He is now trembling and kneeling and prostrating himself before Paul and Silas because he's overwhelmed with the amount of grace that he just received. Like his life was spared because of Paul and Silas. Like they truly were self-sacrificing for this guard, if that makes sense, because they could have easily ran out of the building and escaped if they wanted to. And yet they chose to stay in the prison, in the torturous prison that they were in, for the sake and life of this guard. And this guard is realizing this. So he prostrates himself before Paul and Silas and he's trembling. And so he brings them out of the cell and he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I can imagine there's some dialogue happening before this. And I am sure that the, the guard was listening also to Paul and Silas with all of these, uh, you know, hymns that they were singing. And maybe Paul and Silas were also witnessing to the other prisoners as well. We don't even know what happened with the other prisoners at this time. We have no clue how their hearts were changed, but it's possible that the guard was also listening to what Paul and Silas were doing. So maybe already he was beginning to process it and maybe, you know, wonder a little bit about Paul and Silas and this amazing and crazy joy and peace that they had even in the middle of torture. So this guard actually brings Paul and Silas out of the prison. <laughs> and so even though he was terrified of them escaping moments earlier, he now realizes the kind of character that Paul and Silas had. And so he brings them out of the prison and he takes them into his own home. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Now, that's a little bit of prophecy, actually, that Paul and Silas gave this man, that his household would also be saved. So it says that after this, they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And this happened very, very quickly, okay, because all of this happened around midnight, because directly after this in verse 33, it says that the jailer took Paul and Silas that same hour of the night, in other words, around midnight, and washed their stripes and was immediately baptized, he and all of his household, meaning that Paul and Silas did not give this man a super long sermon. Like this was a very short, direct, and to the point sermon that Paul and Silas gave this man. And that's sometimes all it takes. You know, this man's heart was already stirred. He already experienced so much grace. He had a near-death experience. And so now he's probably wondering like, oh my gosh, you know, if I had died just now, what would have happened to me? You know, so he had a near-death experience and he's probably wondering, how can I save my soul? My life was just saved, but what about my soul? So Paul and Silas gave him a simplistic gospel message very quickly. And this man and his entire household was saved and baptized that very hour. And also this guard cleaned Paul and Silas's wounds and gave them food to eat. And they stayed for a while in his household. So the next day, and I would imagine the guard returned Paul and Silas to the cell. It says that some magistrates sent the sergeant saying, let those men go. So they were beaten the day before and now they can just be released, basically. And so the jailer reported these words to Paul and he was like, look, the magistrates sent you to let you go. So go in peace, basically. And so Paul is like, no, I am not going anywhere because Silas and I were treated like garbage and we have rights because we are Roman citizens. So they need to come and get us themselves because they're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so uh, and here's the other interesting thing about this. You know, God sent this earthquake, but it was clearly, very, very clearly not to release Paul and Silas or any of the other prisoners. It was specifically for this jailer that God sent that earthquake. You know, other times when God sent an earthquake, like specifically for Peter, when Peter was in prison, it was to help Peter get out of prison because Peter was about to be killed. Paul and Silas were not about to be killed. Obviously, they were going to be let go the next day. But God didn't send that earthquake to get Paul and Silas out of prison. He sent it for that guard and for that guard's household and even maybe for the other prisoners and for the heart change that they were experiencing. So anyway, going back to verse 37, you know, Paul and Silas are like, no, we are Roman citizens. We were beaten and mistreated and thrown into prison. So it says that the magistrates and all of these people that did this to Paul and Silas were humbled very greatly because they could get in a lot, like a ton of trouble for mistreating Roman citizens. And so, <laughs> and so they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So what they end up doing, these magistrates, is they go and beg Paul and Silas to spare them, basically. So it says that the sergeants reported these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman. So they came and begged them. 
So Paul and Silas get justified. They get to the justification of these politicians coming and begging them and pleading with them and saying that they are sorry for what had just happened to Paul and Silas. They bring Paul and Silas out of the prison and they're treating them kind of nicely is what it sounds like and and begging them and pleading with them to just leave the city quietly and and not make a, a problem for them, right? So they ask Paul and Silas to depart from the city. And unfortunately, nothing happened to these magistrates, right? They didn't actually get punished for what they had done to Paul and Silas, but they did get the crap scared out of them. But it does say here that Paul and Silas did not listen to the magistrates. They did not depart from the city immediately. So Paul and Silas left the prison and entered into Lydia's home. And once they finished their business in Lydia's home, you know, seeing all of the other uh, people who became saved in this region of Philippi and encouraging all of the new believers, that was when Paul and Silas finally left. And we don't know how long that was. It could have been that same day that Paul and Silas left. It could have been a few days that Paul and Silas left, but we're not sure exactly when they left. Now, it is possible that Luke stayed behind because it mentions here that when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and then they departed. And Luke doesn't include himself in that, even though Luke was speaking in first person earlier in this chapter saying that, you know, I went with Paul and Silas. But now it does not say that Luke traveled with Paul and Silas. So it's very possible that Luke stayed behind in this area because Luke was a Gentile man, actually. And he was a doctor and he was a Christian. And so maybe he stayed behind to help this church in Philippi just grow. So a lot of very interesting things happened in this area. And a lot of lives were changed. But the one thing I want to say about this chapter that we can apply today is sometimes when bad things happen to us, it is for the greater good, either for us or for somebody else. And even though it's hard to go through it in that moment, in the end, God can always work out something for good. For example, Paul and Silas were beaten and then thrown into prison, totally mistreated and unlawfully mistreated as well. And yet God used it. And no, God does not like abuse. God does not want people to abuse each other, but he can use bad circumstances for somebody's good. And so Paul and Silas, they did a lot of good in that prison. We don't know how many prisoners had their hearts changed listening to Paul and Silas. Obviously, we know that the prison guard and his entire family was saved because of Paul and Silas. And we also know that the magistrates, they got checked as well. They got humbled pretty deeply, the politicians of this area, for mistreating some men based upon what they looked like. So God actually used this to do a lot of good with Paul and Silas being beaten and abused in the way that they were beaten and abused. So God can use anything. And even though you might be struggling with something right now, or you might be going through something terrible, just know that that's not the end of your story, first and foremost. And secondly, that God can use anything. And thirdly, you have a purpose, even through the suffering you might be experiencing. And then lastly, that it's not going to last forever. The suffering will end and God will reward you for that suffering, especially if you suffer 
well, like Paul and Silas did, praising Jesus even in the middle of that suffering. All right, friends, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Thursday. I hope you enjoyed this episode today and that it made you think or it encouraged you through something that you might be going through right now. But faithful listeners, I won't be doing an episode on January 1st, obviously, because it is New Year's Day. But there will be an episode tomorrow. I'll be in 1 Samuel tomorrow, so I hope you tune in then. But January 1st, I will be taking a day off. And I hope that you guys take a day off too and just enjoy the new year. Faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow, 6 a.m., or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Happy listening, and God bless. Thank you.